the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 168, recorded Friday, November 7th, 2014. Hello and goodbye. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. Good afternoon, good evening, uh, good morning, depends on when you're listening to this. With us this week is Adrian Boyd. Uh, he's known as the underscore underscore AV cat guy. I already screwed up your Twitter handle. Uh, but he's from Avatexture. That's good. Uh, a really good guy. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, also Excellent. with us... Uh, she is known as AV Dawn, a marketing and uh, AV extraordinaire. Uh, um, and, you know, how are you, ma'am? Very good, thank you. Good. She's from, uh, from Net AV. I apologize. I've been chugging cough syrup all day. So uh, it should be an interesting show. But I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's apparently going around. So, Is that a rabbit? It, unfortunately, it is a rabbit. <laughs> Dancing with a pink elephant. Uh, that uh, that disembodied voice you hear is George Tucker, the left hand side of my brain. Um, that should all I have to be have to say about that. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. I'm at my best when I'm disembodied. That's what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, typically, AV Week is uh, somebody once said that this is the the morning show uh, for the AV industry, and I, I I'll, I'll take some pride in that. Right. Um, we try not to take this too seriously. Uh, this is not. Uh, this is not rocket surgery. No one is is going to uh, be uh, hurt or damaged by by uh, the coverage here. Uh, this week, though, it, we're going to start off with with a you know, rather serious, but you know, also a little bit of a celebration. Um, George Feldstein, the the founder uh, and longtime driving engine of Crestron Electronics, passed away this week. Uh, apparently, according to the the, the statement from Crestron. Uh, after battling brain cancer, and this is your exact quote, uh, it is with great sorrow that we announce the death of Crestron's chairman and founder, George Feldstein. After a brave battle with brain cancer over the past year, he passed away earlier today. This is on Wednesday. Peacefully at his home, surrounded by family. His passion and love for our industry was evident in everything that he did. His influence has left an indelible mark on all those who were fortunate enough to know him. He was truly a great man and a great leader. We will all sorely miss him, but his spirit will live on in all that he touched. Uh, I personally uh, did not know him as well as, as someone on the panel here and, and obviously some in life. Uh, I, I did have the opportunity to meet him a number of times, typically at, at trade shows and things of that nature. Very nice guy. Very full of energy. Uh, he passed away at 73. Still, the last time I saw him at, uh, at Infocom this year. Still full of, of energy and life. Um, so we're, we're going to kick it around the horn and just kind of talk about, you know, what, what his passing means and, and what, uh, what Mr. Feldstein meant to the industry. Uh, Adrian, we'll kick it off with you. What, uh, you know, at, at anytime someone passes like this, we all kind of look back and, and see what he meant. You know, what, what did George Feldstein mean to the AV industry? Well, you know, George has left, uh, you know, definitely a heck of a legacy. Um, 
Crestron is one of the pillars in terms of, of AV control systems. You know, it uh, as I said, if anybody's passing, it does kind of hit like you. You know, you've lost a little bit of some your family. Um, George, oh, oh, everyone. You know, whenever you met him, he did make you kind of feel like family. At least he did for me. Um, my fondest memory was the first time I ever met him. It was my my first industry training at all. I was at Crestron in, in Jersey. Yeah, my very first restaurant class, and we're sitting around having lunch in the, in the little kind of lunchroom area there, and he came down, he sat, and he ate lunch with us, and it was just kind of, I had never met him, I didn't know he was the, the owner, he was the, the big wig, he just sat and ate lunch with us, and we just talked about life and, and stuff, and it always left me with a very um, a very deep impression of him, and and then just you know, whenever you go to a restaurant, you know, event and a party, you know, either as a as a consultant or, or as a um, Dealer, you know, he always had a good joke. He always had something good, and and, and uh, I always enjoyed the, uh, you know, the ribbing with Randy. You know, I think probably the, the most fun was when he came out with the big giant dummy of Randy and yes. on the stage, and you know that was always very enjoyable. But I have I have fond memories of George, and and uh, he will be greatly missed. Yeah, if you've never been to a, a restaurant party the last few years, and I want to say, good lord, this is probably three or four years ago. Um, one of the things that both Randy Klein uh, and, and Mr. Feldstein would do is they would introduce the evening and this, that, and the other. Um, and a number of years ago, um, I will, uh, he, he uh, brought out a basically a, a dummy version of, of Randy Klein. It was, it was quite humorous. So, uh, Don, from your perspective, what does, uh, what does the passing of George uh, Feldstein mean to the industry? Well, you can't really understate the impact that he had. I mean, he founded Crestron without a doubt. It's, it, it is one of the, the big behemoths in the industry. It's, you know, when, when you talk in our industry, the big guys, without going into the, the flat panel or projector guys, it's always Crestron, Extron, AMX are the, are the three names that come up most often, um, especially as an integrator. So the very fact that he founded it, that he's been the driving force behind it for all of these years, I mean, it just can't be, you know, understated that the impact that he's had, it's um, definitely a loss. And, you know, like you and Adrian said, I didn't know George personally, but the times that I met him at trade shows, he, he just always seemed like a ball of fun. I'm sure if you worked for him, sometimes he wasn't always a ball of fun, um, like any boss. But at, at the end of the day, when he would come to trade shows, if you were talking to him, he didn't know you. I mean, especially, you know, when you work for a tiny integrator, you're not a big giant crusher on house doing billions of dollars where he would know you. He always took time to talk to people if he, if, if he wasn't mobbed. And he always made you smile. He always made you feel welcome. And, and bless him, he was just a big, goofy, fun guy, as witnessed by the willingness to make a fool of himself and his chief officers yeah. at the party <laughs> of the year. He, he, he just seemed like a, so much fun and... Um, I'm glad I got to meet him when I did, and uh, he'll be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, someone who did work with him uh, for a time uh, was our George, George Tucker. And uh, it, here's the thing. I did not know Mr. Feldstein personally, like I said. Uh, I was very teary-eyed at the end of, of uh, Mr. Tucker's piece uh, that was on Commercial Integrator. And I'm just going to read the, the, the title of it here, and, and George, I'll just had, you know, give you a few minutes here. But it was called George Feldstein in a World of Pure Imagination. Um with some lines and and uh, and uh, references to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the the the, um, the Gene uh, Wilder version. 
Uh, George, just take me through and and your thoughts and and your thoughts on writing the piece and everything. It was a difficult piece to write, definitely. Um, but the thing that stuck out, and having spent almost ten years inside of Crestron HQ in New Jersey, you get a chance to speak to them every day. And even when they built the new hundred thousand square foot engineering facility that we always touted, almost every day you saw him in any building on any floor at least once asking how things were going, curious about certain things, sometimes pointing out things he didn't like or, you know, guys were on the bench trying to figure something out for a client and he would want to know why the wires were everywhere. But he was always innately and deeply interested in the ongoings and sometimes the machinations of the company. Uh, He happened to be lucky enough to have separation from it sometimes where Randy Klein and then later with Dan were running parts of it that he didn't really need to oversee every day. And I think that was a, a great relief. Uh, especially as it grew and it grew and the years where we were putting out 20, 30, 40 different products a year, <laughs> you know, the, the developing and focusing on engineering was his, his his core, but he would come by and say hello to everyone and see what was going on and make sure things were running smoothly and was always open to questions. Uh, he didn't always like the questions and he didn't always want to um, quibble about the answers, but he was he was that kind of guy and the Willy Wonka thing is really true he would be there at 2 in the morning he would be thinking up the just the niftiest ideas and Adrian mentioned the the training classes this is one of the things that always impressed me we when we were in support and I was managing part of that phone support uh, line in Jersey he would come every day on that same floor into the training area uh, you know, it's his, it's his company, it's lunch, he's paying for it, he's going to have lunch. Yeah. But it wasn't just that. He was sitting down and saying, you know, who are you? What are you doing? And I'm not supposed to tell you this, but there's this really cool thing we're working on. You know, in which you would see Randy and someone else trying to go, you know, don't, you and him just going, no, it's beautiful, you got to see this thing, and it's this concept. And you always were surprised by what he would come up with. You know, I do recall him building his house. And... A bunch of us were part of it, and we were like, all right, we got to do this. He wants all this RGB type stuff. We're going to run all this, you know, this copper. And he was beside himself at us that we don't do that. You know, no, you're doing it wrong. Everyone does it wrong. I, I, I would walk away, and two days later, of course, we learned it was the beginnings of the Cat5 distribution system, or as we were trade, category cable yeah. <laughs> distribution systems that uh, they, they were developing. And it was just, you know, what was that, six, seven years ago, everyone was like, whoa, you can finally do that. Um, he did have his workshop, and he did not see a limitation. He was fascinated by anything technical and fascinated by anybody's perception. Uh, I had a discussion with him my first week working in, in the company when I was actually part of the QC labs for the engineering department, and he wanted to know about phantom power. And his question to me was, what is phantom power? And I started to explain it as I knew as a studio yeah. guy, as a you know live guy, and that wasn't, no, 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 no. You need to do some research. What is phantom power? And I had to keep going, well, what is it for? Can't tell you. <laughs> you know, so it was this little weird debate. And I got all these reams of documents, and I had crib notes, and I, you know, referenced them, and it was like a college essay. And he took one look, and I went, this is not what I want. And he threw it aside. And he goes, what is the voltage of phantom? And I, and I gave him the same answer I gave him the first day he asked me. It's like it was 9 to 48 volts, depending on your application. I said, in the studio world, it's a little higher. In the you know, rest of the world, if you're talking Radio Shack, it's a little lower. He goes, well, okay, we're closer. What is the one that everyone uses? And I'm like, well, I have in that document you know, eight or nine different manufacturers, and they're all over the place. 
What it finally came down to is he wanted to do it, and he couldn't understand why there was a wide range still in place. And this is the brain of George Velsine, is that he wanted it to be a standard. As much as he broke standards, he wanted to know why, why are we all over the place. And that was the question I had to answer for him is, ah, well, it developed in the 40s. Here's what happened. Here's the microphones commonly used. Here's what happens in, you know, in your uh, conference room. As I was there longer, you started to understand the nature of the questions. And like I said in the article, he would demand of you. And if he asked a question or you asked a question, he demanded that it be fully explored. Yeah. And you'd be ready. If you had, to, if you had an opinion, you'd be to be damn sure you're ready to defend it. Because his knowledge was deep, wide, and really passionate. Um, so I have to say that you know I, when I heard it, it was it was a teary moment. It was like, oh my god, you know, it's like losing an uncle. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know? it has to be because you you worked there for for you know ten years, and you've known him for you know for yeah. twenty. So. And and I you and I talked about this actually a couple of months ago, where after Infocom, uh, that last line of my article where I said. Um, he did, if you went to the Infocom party, they do a shtick every year. You see them come out and they dig each other, Randy and, and, uh, and George. And, you know, it was based on their relationship. Yeah. You know, they're two businessmen who have sort of sometimes opposing views of how things should get done in a business. Uh, one's from an engineering perspective, one is the sales guy. And, you know, and it was quite entertaining. But he did at the end do something he's never done before, which was they were leading him off. And Dan was actually helping him off. And he did break away. And turn to us and, and say those words that, you know, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, let me let me read that line uh, that George said. You know, he, Mr. Feldstein broke away and and um, at the end of it, um, he said, uh, "Thank you. Uh, you have made all my dreams come true." And I, I think you know you don't want to read into, into, into anybody's you know mind, but he you know mm. he, he did battle brain cancer for the last year, uh, Don. Let's take this a kind of a different direction. Um, back in, in May, uh, April or May, Mr. Feldstein uh, did make a decision and put uh, Randy Klein and, and his son, Dan Feldstein, and and, uh, and some others kind of in his place, right? And, and, and he stepped away from the company, maybe realizing what was happening to him physically, uh, setting his company up to, to continue on after he was gone. Is there something, is there, um, not a danger, but... Uh, I I hesitate comparing him to, to Steve Jobs and the passing of Mr. Jobs, you know, three years ago, but he is kind of like that, right? I mean, Steve was was the inventor and the the force behind Apple. Mr. Feldstein was the inventor and the force behind Crestron. Um, is there a danger here of of you know, um, of of them kind of losing their way now that Mr. Feldstein is no longer you know around? Well, I mean, there's always that danger, especially when you have a company that's so wrapped up in one brilliant person, whether that's Steve Jobs, whether that's, uh, you know, Mr. Feldstein, whether that's whoever, when you have one driving force and that force isn't there anymore, there's always a possibility of drift. Uh, one thing that I did think was great, and it may have been for his own health reasons, but I think it was great that he did step aside and start giving Randy and his son more opportunity to lead the company in advance of when they needed to. Uh, whether you're the largest corporation in the world or a tiny little mom and pop, it's really easy to forget about continuity planning. Yeah. And it's something every company needs to do. Again, from the mega corporations, where they have boards and it's a little less dramatic, down to mom and pop. I mean, mom and pop integrators and something happens to the owner, heaven forbid. And then what happens? The company falls apart or it gets sold or 
they try to make it work, but nobody has any idea what is involved. Yeah. So I, I kind of give give a lot of, of respect for not just running the company brilliantly so many years, but also knowing when to start giving that responsibility away, not away, but, you know, um, giving them the chance to lead yeah. directly, Transition. you know, they, they'd always been part of the team, you know, they're not going to just hand it to Dan and Randy. I mean, Randy's been there, God, God how many years as, as his right-hand man, but um, to, to give them the opportunity to lead while he was still there to say, you know, you might want to rethink that a little, you know, before it was, it, it was too late. So I, I think that as long as they keep true to his vision though, and from the sound of it, he really thought through his continuity planning. So hopefully he gave them some good direction on where his vision would be for the future. I think that they should be okay. Yeah, that was the one thing is, is you know, not for nothing, but but it's a big mom and pop organization, but Crestron is, is wholly owned by, by the Feldstein uh, family. So well, uh, in, in our industry, very few companies aren't by federal, for real, other industry standards. I mean, I think it's only five companies in our entire industry don't meet federal guidelines for small businesses. Yeah. Even though they're giant, they're, by federal standards, small. So, yes. so um, we're all mom and pops in our industry, and uh, they're just one of the biggest mom and pops. And um, I, I think I think that with Randy and his son still there, I, th I think that they'll continue on in his vision. All right. Now, Adrian, same question to you. Um, you know, is there danger here of, of Crestron losing their way now that Mr. Feldstein is gone, or, or did he set them up pretty well? Um. That's a difficult question to answer because you, we don't know what Crestron's going to come out with technology-wise in the next few years. Um, I think if they remain with the principles they've got and what they are as a company, I, I don't foresee any anything happening. But you never know that they, they might. Uh, a good good effective companies are, are forecasting and looking uh, not just for the here and now, but they're looking five years, ten years down the future on, especially if you're a technology company. And they may see things that we're not seeing right now, and they've prepared for them. And hopefully, um, as Don was saying, you know, um, uh, George, you know, uh, made plans for some of those, you know, happening in the future. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this rapid change in terms of, of what we have technology-wise. And, you know, <laughs> We're doing a lot of stuff on category cable, but hey, you know, fiber could become a real thing. There could be something else, you know, we don't know. But uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I think Crestron will, will be with us for many more years to come, and I think they'll just get stronger and better and, and keep offering more innovative solutions. You know, there's certainly going to be times where, you know, as we have of every manufacturer, we shake our heads and going, why did they do that? I, I wouldn't have done it that way. But... You know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, there's some very cool products, you know, from Crestron and from other manufacturers that definitely make things a lot more fun. Yeah. Tim, if I may yeah, just absolutely. interject real quick. I don't think the question is actually fair only because what he instilled in that company was passion. Okay. It wasn't answering to anyone but him and, well, then the, I guess the, the Triumphant or whatever you want to call that collection of people who were making the decisions. But he did put into place people like Fred Bargetti, Randy Klein, with Dan, others who's the creative input. Really, just it's the passion about finding new solutions and better solutions and making a really good product. Um, you know, any any manufacturer has problems, and certain things don't go quite the way they expected them sometimes. But that essential passion for for finding 
great answers is what he instilled in there and left. And I think that's going to be the 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 um, the lasting influence he'll have. Is not not the technology, but the passion for finding yeah. the next. And he's passion the people. Yeah, with people. I mean, yeah. he's the one that made that statement, and a couple of years ago became one of their major uh, major uh, taglines. But it was true. Yeah. And, and the one thing I, I will say, and and you know, I, I, I've I've met Mr. Klein, Randy, uh, a number of times. Um, how do I put this without without sounding uh, pissy to salespeople? He, he's not your typical sales manager, right? Uh, and, and I love salesmen. I, I do. I, I work with them uh, in my in my job. But Randy Klein is not what I would I would de- I, w- I would say is a typical sales manager. Um, he was on the show on, on this show, you know, good lord, a year or two ago, and he goes off in this tangent and he says, "You know what? We're not in the AV industry. We're in the technology industry." And this is the, this is the, the head of sales for for Crestron, right? I mean, he and he goes off on on this technology. Rant and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and and you know it, you could tell the passion that he has for the industry, and tell the passion that he has for the technology. Um, so yeah, I think that I think George is right there that, that the really the the legacy that that Mr. Feldstein left was was the passion in, in all those guys. So. All right, uh, does anybody have anything uh, anything say anything to, to say as as we close this one up again? You know, I, I don't want to make the entire show about Mr. Feldstein, but I did want to. To dedicate a fair amount of time to it, um, one thing that uh, you know, I I, I think I, I sent out a tweet on Wednesday. You know, it, it feels like we we lost a founding father mm. uh, of the, of at least the modern version of AV, right? Uh, because Crestron is such a significant um, part of the industry. You know, he is you know the, the founder of that company and and and, and you know founder of our, of what we do now. So, uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I, I was going to say, and I think it goes without saying, although I'm going to say it anyway, um, all of us at AV Nation, Crestron has yep. been friends of ours for a very long time, the company and a lot of the individuals there, as well as all of us at our integration firms and, and such. Um, our sympathies go out to everyone at Crestron and, of course, everyone in the Feldstein family because, uh, you know, we're all mourning with you. He was a great guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's kind of take that and the the automation part of that um jason not who's uh who's one of the guys over at uh at ce pro magazine wrote a piece and i'm gonna ask the question that he asked and, and kind of go down some of the things that that he lists his question is this and don we're, we're gonna kick it off with you uh mainly because don's husband harry uh who is is one of my brothers from another mother uh actually harry and i are the same age don't tell anybody that um but Harry's got some some different uh, control things at home. Harry's a much more talented programmer than I'll ever be. Uh, but he's got some home automation stuff, and so that's why I want to kick this one off with you. Jason's question is this. Who will dominate, quote, unquote, the connected home? And he lists some folks here. You've got Apple because of the HomeKit API. You've got Google with Nest and their other stuff. You've got Samsung, uh, both Lowe's and Home Depot. They've got their stuff. GE, uh, you've got a couple of different... Um, cable companies that are trying to get in there uh so don um who do you think and, and if it's if if the answer is who knows or or you know um none of them or, or all of them that's that's a fine answer too but who do you think is going to come out on top when it comes to this whole connected home idea and, and at the risk of just not giving you an answer i don't know yet but I hope they decide soon because it's been a number of years since our X10 crap, and I use that term properly, has mostly died. We still have one or two lights. I was going to say, Harry, Harry yelled at me because he said that X10 still works. 
It, he, we do. We do still have a few uh, light switches that still work on our X10 that he has tied into one of our touch panel control systems. And, and so it does still function most of the time. Sometimes the timer doesn't work. Sometimes uh, if we, get, we can't use any of the new energy-efficient light bulbs because they just blow up the thing. They, they can't handle it. Nice. So I hope whatever is, is the winner, or at least one of the, one of the winners, comes out soon and, and makes itself known soon so that I can replace all this junk in my house and have a working smart home again. Because uh, it was cool for a little period of time. Yeah. And then quit working. So. All right. Well, we'll go, we'll go from, from Harry and Dawn's X10 to the world's biggest X10 hater, and that's Mr. Tucker. Um, <laughs> um, it's true, actually. It is true. So, it, mm-hmm. it, one thing that that, I, that wasn't on that list, and I was a little disappointed, uh, and that's Raspberry Pi. And I, I know Raspberry Pi is more of a DIY, mm-hmm. but that should have been at least you know somewhere honorable mention or something. Uh, so, George, who do you think is gonna 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 win on this? I don't think we're in the knowledge base yet. Okay. Um, I think there will be a consolidation in another year or two of those. Maybe maybe five, but I'm saying two years. Uh, and here's why. I, I think the infrastructure systems, by that I mean the cable and phone and DSL and those kind of people will be primed to buy up companies or combine to do. AT&T has Uverse. Yeah. And it's in Jersey here, but it's not where I live. Um, that interconnected smart home, controlled home thing at that market level will be somebody who does that. Whether it's Lowe's buying AT&T or them buying Lowe's, more likely. But you get my idea. Yeah. That's where the cross-pollination is because you need to grow and to take any kind of um, footprint or a share. You need to have an already established user base, and that's where you make the leap. Whether you purchase that one or you have them already, that's how you make the leap. Um, the article goes on to say that they think it's really the integrator's world, and I think I kind of agree with Jason. Uh, there's a certain level, certain market that will always want that, and there's a certain level, even with the DIY guys, of saying, I don't want to open my phone and have to go to the app and get the app to open, and then it's this, this, and it's, you know, it becomes annoying. Uh, you want a home that does it. Whether that answer is doing your gestures or it's <laughs> voice <laughs> command or at least something similar. Maybe the RFD or RFID or the NFC stuff is closer to that. That'll make it a reality. Um, but they're going to be good big players. They're going to have a say five, six years down the road of what is happening and how the technology advances. Uh, certain market shares will go away, just like touchscreens kind of went away for the major players. Um, you know, they, There's your high-tech, industrial, and very expensive market that will take those custom-made ones, but everybody else is going to use an iPad or some other third-party system. So, yeah, I don't think the shakeout's yet to happen, but somebody who's going to have an install base and make it work. So it's going to be somebody like that already has an existing customer base and, and grasping somebody, you know, buying them up and then yes. grafting them onto themselves. So Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, at least my opinion. Yeah, and Don also made mention of Arduino as well. Uh, I had forgotten about Arduino, which is yeah, also and, another DIY. And to that point, uh, the, both Arduino and Raspberry Pi are wonderful things, but they really are the, the, the geek hacker's delight. They're not really incorporated in any kind of commercial rolled out one and all piece. It's sort of like saying Linux will be the next platform for all of this stuff. In a pre-done device, yes, there's a lot of products that we buy that we install that have Linux as its base. But you and I are not going out and buying a Linux platform to do this on a scale that they're looking to do. No. So they're just two 
fiddly, fiddly bitchet, you know, ways of doing things. That's a Tony no one or Anthony Zotti, sorry, for the DIY guys doing that, not not your normal geek. No, no, actually, go ahead, Going to George and, and Jason's point, though, about it being a custom integrator's world, even in a custom integrator's world, you still need some kind of gizmo, some kind of gadget to get your regular consumer whatever, light switch, Christmas tree lights, what have you, onto the commercial integrator. I mean, Harry and I have a mostly salvage, partial eBay AMX system running our house. But we still need the X10 crap or whatever to tie in the light switches or until we can save up or find a salvage Lutron or something. Yeah. You know, it, there's always going to be the need for the widget, the gadget, the dongle, the what have you to connect those things. Mm. And I think that's where some of this stuff comes in as long as it all speaks in a language that'll converse. It's a fair point. Yeah, that is. That is. Uh, all right, uh, Mr. Boyd, you've got the last word on this. Who's going to who's gonna shake out on top of this? <laughs> um, I think there's probably going to be a lot of losers more than winners uh, mm. until the shakeout happens. Um, one of the big things that, that can, in order for anything to be adopted, it's got to be easy. And any sort of home automation that, you know, any of us have either tried or looked at or, you know, or hacked together, there's some level of complexity. And for the average user to go, hey, you know, I'm going to buy this and it's going to work and it's going to be seamless and everything's going to happen, um, until it is as easy as putting in a, a, a Blu-ray in a, in a Blu-ray player and plugging it in, um, it, to me, I just, it just, I find it a frustration yeah, overall because you look at every single one of these technologies out there and, and plans that it doesn't matter who it is, they've come out with something. There's always either that that last little bit, it's the implementation. It, it looks great on paper, it does all these wonderful things, but it, when you get down to the metal of installing it or trying to make it work in your home, um, it usually doesn't work. And it's usually down to either how your home was constructed, you may not have the right wire, you could be renting, um, so it, it all needs to be as easy as it can be. I'm well, still waiting for something to jump, somebody to jump on the CRC stuff and actually make it a backbone that they can work with. I'm just, I'm still shocked that it hasn't. The CEC stuff? Uh, CEC or CRC? I keep C doing C that. CEC and HDMI? Yeah, one, one's a, one's a uh, uh, error checking program. Yeah, yeah that's CEC right. CEC is the... CEC right. is the when, you, when you talk about CEC in, in, in the HDMI <laughs> protocol, it's, well... Manufacturer A is implemented in one way. Manufacturer B does it another way, and none of the two talk to each other. Yes, um, they do. When in power, that's it. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the and only command it, they've all agreed on. They yeah, haven't well, learned from MIDI. That's what well, MIDI is for. Why or Simpty? Yeah, uh, uh, Borico's book. I uh, probably butchered his last name. HDMI uncensored, and it goes into all the stupidity that happens in the first couple hundred milliseconds of HDMI. You're like, oh man, is this thing even going to work? And half the time, it's <laughs> the stupidity in it, you know, that 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 the voltage that a sink and a source have to see, and the the the, the variance is, is like nothing. And how everyone implements it. Um, well, I'll, throw, I'll, I'll throw another one at you, Adrian. It's frustrating. I'll throw another one at you. That that book he wrote was about HDMI 1.0. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Imagine what's going to happen at 2.0. Now that's yeah, totally. I mean, it's just going to get... Uh... And they want to do data and other oh, things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, simultaneously. We've got all kinds of, of bandwidth on this on this line, George. We can do all sorts of things. We can push power down it and 
you know, wants a space shuttle. Well, I'm okay. contemplating HDMI three. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's tubes. It's two. It's just tubes. <laughs> every time, by the way, every time uh, Adrian said as easy as I, I always I keep keep, ask, keep waiting for him to say easy as pie. You know. Well, what's what's pie. funny is um, uh, in Canada there used to be a, 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 a DIY show, and the guy's catchphrase was "It's just that easy." <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, let's build a house. It's just that easy. Sounds like and a used car salesman. Like, no, it's not. Cold fusion. It's just that easy. Oh wow! <laughs> Hold another famous Canadian DIY show guy. You need to be able to make it work. Whether you're gonna tear it all down, make it work. <laughs> oh man! Exactly. Uh, the other thing that Adrian mentioned is that we have to make it easy as, as plugging in a Blu-ray player. That's fine. If we're talking, you know, I'm going to try not to get in trouble here. Mm-mm. 55 and under, maybe even 60 and under, that's fine. But uh, God love my dad. I mean, he, he and his wife bought a, a, a TV uh, two or three months ago. Um, really great deal. It was like Best Buy or someplace. And he had the hardest time. And I swear to you, they had an existing TV, right? And had a single HDMI from the cable box up there, and then they, they all this. He could not figure out how to simply unplug the TV, the the one HDMI going to the TV, take it down, put the new one up, and plug it back in. That's probably because it kept falling out. <laughs> Very nice. But there's an age thing here, right? There, there's a generational thing where, you know, growing up, I was the one who set the clock on the VCR. You know, not my dad. If it was up to up to him and his generation, it would still be flashing twelve. Um, right, and you're entirely right. Uh, you know, when we look at um, remotes from our phones, controlling things from our phones, there is a huge generational gap in, in terms of I can do it from my phone, it's done. To where someone goes, well, I, 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 I they just can't grasp the concept. My no. father-in-law, case in point, I don't know how many control systems uh, I've bought or he's bought and I've set up, and then you go back to visit and it's like, there's 20 remotes out. Why aren't you using the, the system I got for you? Oh, it stopped working. Yeah. Well, what do you mean it stopped working? Uh, you know, and it's some convoluted excuse because he bought a new TV or, he, you know, unplugged something or, you know, my brother-in-law comes over and hooks up a new Xbox. And it's it's all of those frustrations you think we have just in our day-to-day lives. Imagine that for everybody else. And it doesn't matter what age you are. And so whenever any of the manufacturers go and say, hey, uh, I'm going to get off on a rant here, right? Oh, well, go ahead. Yeah. So whenever I see a manufacturer goes, hey, we're going to make a box, and it's going to do everything for you, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be wonderful. And you you look and go, man, that's cool. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And then you buy it, and it's just like, I feel very disappointed. Or you read the, you know, you read reviews, and you try to figure it out, and it's never as easy as they say it is. And And that's where I think everybody's at in terms of home automation. It's never as easy as they show you in fancy production video you watch online. You know, it's either some there, there's always a point of failure in the chain, and it's usually your stuff. It's not their stuff; it's your stuff that you're trying to hook to it. Well, it, what's even better than that is, you know, it does work. It just doesn't. You know, they never ship it. So, so that's a whole other story. All right, uh, you know what, guys? I'm I'm all hopped up on on cold medicine. Um, let's just kind of make this uh, the the end of of this this week's show. Um, 
Adrian Boyd's been with, been with us. He is from Abitexture. Uh, he's also a fabulous CAD guy. His Twitter handle says so. The underscore AV underscore CAD underscore guy. Uh, how can people find you, sir? Well, they can find me on Twitter, and they can find me online, or they can look at me on LinkedIn, or I don't know. I'm I'm everywhere. You know, don't confuse me with football players, but you know, I'm I'm out there. That's Twitter Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, you search me, he shows up. I don't really? know what it is. Yes. Wow. It's the in the world. You don't look like a running back. Yeah, I know. You look more like a fullback. <laughs> and, and, I, and I look like a big fat guard. So what do you want? Um, big uh, back ribs, right? Yeah. Uh, lunch meat. No, 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 getting some cold cuts. Uh, Dawn Mead. AV Dawn. I get to see her next week. We get to go hang out in Orlando at the CI Summit. Woo, woo, her and Harry and a bunch of uh, bunch of us 40-ish, 40-ish people who are under 40. So... Uh, uh, how can people find you or NetAV? Well, you can find NetAV at www.net-av.com. Although we are undergoing a major change over the next month or so on our website and in our business model. So stay tuned. Great things Ooh. are coming. Um, in the meantime, you can nice. find me. I know. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me at AVDawn or on any number of random social networks, including the brand new vaunted LO, which is hipsters everywhere what is LO? And, uh, what is that it's the non-facebook the non-facebook facebook it's been out for five minutes and uh, how do you spell it e-l-l-o hello oh like jello without the j no it's more like hello without the h you know the british spain oh hello right i gotcha hello that does look totally hipsterish Joined today by AV Pop Wesley, who's feeling a little codependent because he's not coming to Orlando with us. Oh, so he's gonna go to the kennel, and mommy and daddy are coming to Florida to hang Poor out guy. with the commercial integrator folks. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right. Last but not least, George Tucker. Uh, thank you so much, sir, for everything. No, thank you. Uh, uh, you can find me on AV Nation. I'm all over the place there. Uh, commercial integrator, Tech Decisions Magazine, a couple of blogs here and there. Tucker Twos on any social media, and you'll probably find me. All righty. It's, it's a problem. It's not a problem. It's a good thing. It's a sickness. It's a good you, thing. Get on LO. We'll clear oh, it up, and I'm just not willing to get the shots. Get on LO. <laughs> you should get on LO. We should all get on LO. Hello. I'm still on Fred Feet. What are you talking about? Oh, no, you're not. Because Fred yes, Feet. I, it, it, I thought it got shut down by when it got bought by. Uh, was it Fredster? No, I think it shut down. It still goes. If no, you know Fredster. Fredster what, is what got Friendster. bought by. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. I lose track. I think I still have a Ning. <laughs> do you guys ever do Ning? N I N G. Yeah. And, then, was, it, yeah. and then it started to become uh, a pay service, and I went yeah. bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Dawn can speak to that, right? It was, it like, was great. You want how much? Uh, yeah. The, although the the new one I'm checking out, it's called Slack. That sounds very hipster, hipsterish too. It, it's it's like the all in one messaging project documentation Ooh. You know, set everything up and everybody can talk and you can send data and all sorts and like oh this looks kind of cool but yeah it's it's the app online it's supposed to be the the new the new thing for business it sounds wavish i like that back when it was called google wave yeah yeah, yeah. exactly nice one yeah yeah i had a wave that was nice wave that was a that was a good one. It sounds like an episode of this AV Social show at this point. It does. I know, right? All right. Um, next week for AV Social. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. Um, uh, don't follow me uh, mainly because I just tweet about bears and stuff. So, 
especially this week. the influence of the cough medicine. It might be fun today. It might be fun today, uh, <laughs> but this Sunday especially because the Bears take on the Packers, and God help them, they better score something. Uh, but uh, go by the website if you would, please. Avianation.tv, avianation.tv. Holy cow, do we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, since we merged and, and, and brought in uh, the Red Band guys, they have uh, they've taken the ball and, and ran with it purposely, you know, uh, football uh, analogy there. Nice but, segue. Uh, they did 30 blogs in 30 days for AV Month. That has ended, and now they've got uh, a, a stock of guest bloggers. Melissa Dillman. Holy cow, are you freaking kidding me? Melissa Dillman from Kramer was one of them. Uh, we've got a couple more coming down the pipe. A great blog by her. Uh, just yeah, check it out. Nothing to do with you know, This is all really cool, some really cool stuff. Uh, we've got a new uh, new guest uh, on uh, a- on uh, EdTech this month. Uh, we've got uh, Tony Zotti's new show. We've got uh, Phil Cordell's new show. Tons of stuff going on. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. 